welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, His Story. You may be wondering, why in the world am I wearing an old Miss shirt after the aerial attack yesterday of 623 yards in the infamous win. Uh, I'll explain it a little while later, but take a picture because you'll never see me in another <laughs> old Miss shirt, hopefully uh, ever, okay? Uh, one time thing, I already feel nasty, dude. I was just like, oh, okay, but we'll, we'll get through it. Um, I got something for you this morning. I really do. I mean, I spent a lot of work get, give, giving you what this is going to be this morning. And, you know, some people say, well, uh, um, 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 do you enjoy your sermon prep? Well, yeah, I, I, I do. But it's not like something just drops out of the sky and just lands in my lap, right? Like, I dig it, I dig, I dig it up. And so I hope today, like, I hope I have something for you. But what I hope for more than that is that before you walk through the doors in BJBC, you have already walked through the doors of your heart and of your life to say, hey, I want to worship God. I want to praise God this morning. He has woken me up another day. I have um, a voice. I have air in my lungs and I'm going to praise God this morning I hope that you have that you came to get something and also to give something and I and, and my, my biggest fear is that, that that I would fail you in this way because because you know because it's like like I'm like you're in a way, I guess I think that I'm supposed to be somehow teaching you guys so much and learning, f- and, and, and that maybe you could, l- you know, learn something from me. But when I look at it and how it really is, I've noticed that you, that you're that, that that I'm learning so much from you, you know. Like I'm learning so much from you. So my fear is that, like, you know, I wouldn't do a good job. I wouldn't do my job. I want to thank you. Like I've just gotten so many text messages from like people that I see all across this room just encouraging me. So thankful for that. So thankful for that. So thank you. And even in this last t- couple of hours, many of you have just messaged me some very encouraging things and throughout this whole time that I've been here. So I really do thank you. Thank you for your encouragements. Whether it's after the stage, drop the mic. That was that, that was me. I really do appreciate it, though. I, I say all that to say I really do appreciate it. And, uh, and my my little buddy said, amen, right here. Yes, yes. Well, good deal. Well, we're going to be going to Genesis 28 um, this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. Genesis 28. Um, Genesis 28, chapter 28, verse, I believe it's going to be verse 10. While you're flipping there, um, I want to tell you, I'll read, read to you a little story. I heard... Uh, 
that a squirrel got loose in here one day, and as I was reading, and Miss Pepper helped me um, point this out and find it this morning, that a squirrel, in fact, did get loose in here, and I'm going to read that account to you right now. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Others, you are like, right on. I know exactly what you're talking about. So here it is. This happened in this church, by the way, a story by Miss Kelly Pepper, and this is what she said. One morning in church, we had a visitor. Amen. But it was a squirrel. He played around in the back of the church for a while. Everyone was laughing and squealing. It was funny at the time. Afraid he would run up their legs. He got a lot of attention. When it was time for the children's message, we all went down front with Brother Mike. We watched the squirrel slowly come down to the front. All of a sudden, he ran right through all of us. We all jumped up and screamed. Brother Mike, Miss Nancy, my daddy, we all got down in the front to try to get the squirrel out. Miss Nancy tried to scoop it up with her choir rope while my daddy scooted him out with his boot. He finally ran downstairs. And word got around about this story, y'all. Word got around, and so they came out with a song about it. Y'all know where I'm going with this, and here's the song. Here's the song. Let's get back in the spirit, y'all. We need to get back. We need to get back. Genesis 28, verse 10. I mean, I can't believe they made a song about it. I'll tell you. Genesis 28, verse 10 says this. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw an angel of God going up and down that stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and in my Bible I have that underlined. I only point that out to say that to say that God is above 
that God is above laziness? Hello? God is above alcoholism. God is above addiction. God is above lust. God is above the temptation, the sin, the trials in your life. God is above your grandfather passing away or your daughter or your son passing away. God is above it all, and he's beyond it all. And you ask, Drake, why do you say that? We already know that. It's in the text. We, we grew up in church. We know that. I only really said it to give you an opportunity to praise God. That's the only, only reason I said that. That you knew that when you walked in the church that you have seen God be above it all. That you have seen God take you beyond it all. That you have seen him walk you through the divorce or walk you through the addiction. You have seen God with you through it the entire way. And now you have on the other side and you say, no, I have seen or ear has heard the things that come out of the mouth of God. You say and say, yeah, I did walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But guess what? He got me through it. He walked with me through it, and he was over it all. I only say that so that you could give some praise to God. It's the only reason. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, north and to the south. And all families, get this, get this, and all families of the earth will be blessed for you. Through you, right? Through you. Through, not for. Through, not for. Through is not for. God, I want something from you. God, what do you have for me? God, I want something from you for me. No, no, no. I want you to do something through me to bless someone else. Through me. So call somebody this week, is why I say that. So call somebody this week and just say, I'm praying for you. You know, hey, hey, LJ, work out with LJ. Hey, LJ, how are you doing? I, I, I just wanted to know that I called you, I'm thinking about you, and I prayed for you. Now, when you call, actually pray for them. Before you call, don't just tell them you're praying for them. Pray for somebody. Go through your contacts. Pick out somebody. Hey, um, I'm going to pray for them. Pray for them. Pick up the phone. Hey, man, see, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. What, what, why are you calling? I just want you to know that I prayed for you today, and I just got done praying. Well, what made you want to do that? I don't know. Just wanted to. And how does that conversation end a lot of times? <laughs> I just want to know how much that means because I've got so much stuff going on this week. And I just really had a bad week. And just to know that somebody's praying for me makes me feel so, thank you so much. I just really mean about my life. You don't know how much that means. And, Right? And so if everybody did that, it's just a silly little thing. Something, you know, now all the kids hear me, they're like, hey, if he can cry, I can cry. <laughs> Amen. Uh, 
but, but you hear that, and like if everybody in here did that, at least 10 people would have that kind of story. At least 10 people would have that kind of story to say, hey, I called somebody, and it actually made a difference in their life. I mean, wouldn't it, though? Through, not for. Through, not for. Through you. Not for, from. Through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely. Everybody say, surely. Surely. You got to say it with a little accent. Have you all ever seen, you know, the little girl on YouTube? Surely I will take a day off. You say, no, we don't watch um, YouTube. We're, we're Fox News around here. Okay, that's my bad. Okay, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it, but he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Verse 18 says, the next morning Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar, then he poured olive oil over it, and he named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. And my sermon today is called From the Pillow to the Pillar. Let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for today. I pray that you speak through me, speak to us. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. So there's a lot of, there's a big wedding here the other day, uh, yesterday. It was, it was awesome. This place was like, I didn't even, I don't think you could fit another person in here. And, sh- and, and surely you cannot fit another car out, out in the driveway. But I started thinking, this poor dude, I was waving at him when they drove by in the Cadillac. It was a nice Cadillac, and they looked happy, but I was like, poor guy. Um, you, he, he, he needs to ask some questions real fast. You know, you need to ask some questions before you rush into a relationship. You know, I mean, um, me and Kat, we surely asked we surely asked our questions. And so I wrote, um, just if any of you are in the dating market or, or you're thinking maybe I'll get married or maybe I'll leave um, LJ sitting beside me, and I'll, I'll, I'll get married now. And so here's, I, I got you write down a couple of questions that I have, and so I'm going to read them out. These are some good questions that you can ask if you have a significant other, if you're thinking about getting married, or if you just want some something to fill up your time when you, you know, you're out to eat and you can't think of anything to talk about. So here is a good place to start. What's your name? Is that your real name? Do you have your daddy's name? When can I meet your daddy? Is your mom and dad still together? Did your dad commit adultery? Did his dad commit adultery? And is there a part three in this series? Because I don't want anything to do with it. How do you act when you get mad? Do you throw things? You cuss around? Do you beat people up? Do you have a job? Where do you work at? How much money do you make? How long have you been working there? Do you have a bank account? How's your credit? Can I see your credit score? No, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> do you have a house? Do you live in an apartment? Do you pay for the gas in your car? Do you still live with your mom and dad? What do you like to eat? Are you pickier than I am? That's what I asked. That's what Kat asked me. How much do you like to eat? And can I pay for however much you like to eat? Do you plan on looking like that all your life, or you plan on getting a little bit bigger? How many children do you want? And if you're like me, what you want to name the children? Is Kasaki Smoot okay? 
Will you be mad if we don't have no kids? What do you what do you look like without any makeup on? Don't wear none tomorrow and just 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 come on over. I need to know. Dan, don't you ever go on a day and talk about you ain't got nothing to talk about. Let me just give you this list and you just whip it out right there on the first day or second day or whatever. <laughs> All right, here we go. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, order what you want, sweet tea. Oh, you better drink sweet tea. You're from Mississippi. All right, <laughs> get the questions out. Get to reading. But a big question that I didn't even know to ask, y'all, a big question that you don't even know to ask, oh, Lord. Y'all just wait. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. A question you don't even know to ask. How many pillows is going to go on my bed that I can't even sleep on that I have to move every single time I want to go to sleep and when I wake up, I have to put them back and I can't just put them back out and I want to go. I have to flop them up and put them in the same order so that somebody one day walks in my room and says, oh, those are so pretty. Yesterday, I'm not kidding. I had six of these in front of FedEx. Six. They weren't even in the same day. I said, what are we doing? You just bought a new pillow. Oh, those are for looks. But it's okay. I'm not mad about it. I'm fine. You know, it's, it, it don't bother me. Um, but I got her back because she, she, she went to Birmingham the other day. And she says you ain't supposed to sleep on them, but I slept on them. I didn't move them. I slept right there on them because I'm the man of the house and I do what I want to do. It's not right there on it. Didn't even make the bed. <laughs> See, he was sleeping. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go somewhere with this. He was sleeping. J- Jacob was on somewhere he didn't have any room to be sleeping on. He was sleeping on a stone. And if you remember the story correctly, he was running from his brother. Why was he running from his brother? Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Jacob went out to hunt one day. Esau went out to hunt one day, and as Esau came back, Jacob said, Ah, Esau, um, guess what? I've been making some red stew, and I got you some red stew. Would you like some? And Esau says, Yeah, I'm starving. But Jacob says, All right, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Want to sell me your birthright? And Esau says, No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he says, Well, you're not getting any of my stew. To which Esau replies, Well, what good to me is a birthright if I'm dead? Yeah, sure, you can have it. And the Bible doesn't give um, a time lapse, but we know that it's been significantly long. Between that time, between the time that Jacob goes and approaches his father Isaac, it doesn't say how long has passed. We know it's been about a chapter and a half. But what we do know is it said one day when Isaac was old. So Jacob has been living on this promise that one day I'm going to get the birthright. One day I'm going to get the birthright. Esau gave it. Esau traded it to me, but I'm going to have to scheme to get it. So he's been sitting on this for a long time. Have you ever been sitting on something for a long time? You know that, like, ah, I'm going to have to scheme to get it. You've been, it's been festering. Ah, it's been in, down. And it was, ah. And so this is where Jacob is. And so one day Jacob goes up. You remember this story? And Jacob goes up, and Isaac is sitting there, and he says, 
your son, and he thinks it's Esau, and now Jacob has all kind of, you know, cologne on and smelling like the outdoors and has hair all over his body, trying to impersonate his brother. Why? Because he wants his blessing. And so a series of events happens, and finally, Isaac feels comfortable enough to say, yeah, that is, that is my oldest son. That is Esau. That is Esau. When it's really Jacob, and so Isaac places his, ben, ben Benjamin, he places his right hand on him, and he says, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. And that story got me because thi thi this is all the unpacking of how we get to where we are in chapter 28. So I started thinking. I said, why in the world did Jacob pretend to be someone he wasn't? And this is what I found. He did that because he wanted somebody else's blessing. And I thought about that in my life and said, how many times have I tried to be somebody that Drake Nelson isn't because I want somebody else's blessing. I want some, what somebody else has, so I will forfeit almost everything that I have to impersonate somebody I'm not. And, you know, people talk about church and people talk about the buildings and churches. Well, I, can we just say together that Blackjack Baptist Church is not going to try to impersonate someone else, another church, to get their blessing. We're going to be ourselves, our church. We're going to do things our way, how we feel like God has told us to do it, has told you to do it, and we're going to live that, we're going to live that out. And then so I got to thinking, I got to thinking, you know, and I thought back to when I was a, 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 a youngin. I say a youngin, I was in college, a freshman in college. Some of you are like, you are a baby then when you're in. And when I was in college, I, I, I lived my life this way. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I lived my life this way, always trying to be like somebody else, Mr. John, always. Always trying to be like somebody else. In golf, it was Jordan Spieth. I love Jordan Spieth. He was such a good golfer. I was like, man, woo, if I could hit a golf ball like Jordan. Well, that was pretty good. Um, but but, but in, like personality-wise, it was a dude by the name of Jackson Wall. Jackson Wall was so cool, y'all. I mean, he was fly. Everybody in the room, like, he was walking in the room, and everybody would just be like, Jackson's here. Oh, my goodness. My if my little sister would um, was here, I'd mention Jackson Wall, and she'd say, woo, Jackson Wall. Everybody wanted to be like him, you know, and so did I. And it, I, it even followed me to preaching, see. It even followed me to preaching to where when I would preach, I would try to be like somebody else that I wasn't, and I would try to emulate other pastors. You don't believe me, so I'm going to show you. Uh, I'm going to show you. I'm going to emulate Mr. Will. Can you hand me my coat right here? Um, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'm going to emulate um, Billy Graham. So here we go. You have to have your coat on to emulate Billy Graham, don't you? Absolutely. So uh, ready? This is my best. This is the best I got, Cat. So here we go. <coughs> Would you turn with me to the third chapter of the Gospel of John? Go the third chapter of John's Gospel. Yes, sir. We're going to be speaking. That's, that's the best I got. Okay, I'm Billy Graham. All right, that's the best I got. So, so somebody else. Well, here's um, T.D. Jakes. I don't know if you've ever heard of T.D. Jakes. He's a he's a, a bigger um, bigger man, and this is my best impersonation of him. Are you ready? <sighs> ma, ma, ma. God told me to tell you that you need to wake up. You need to wake up. God told me to tell you that you need to wake up. No, 
was the best I got, okay? I was just a guy. Now um, I'm going to do uh, one more guy, a John Piper. Does anybody know John Piper? I'm going to impersonate John Piper. I've never seen anybody move so much, Drake, on stage. Calm down. I know. I'm sorry. John Piper, are you ready for this? God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. You want to buy any of my books? Meet me in the back. <laughs> no, but, you know, I, 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 I am just playing. I am just playing. But, no, on a real note, I really did do this, y'all. I'm so serious. I really did. I, I really did do this. I... I tried to be somebody that I wasn't all the time, and to the point that I literally, I'm not kidding, I would preach like somebody else. I remember this one time, I memorized an entire sermon that was not even given by me, and I, and I, and I did it verbatim, verbatim. I memorized the whole sermon, like the Sermon on the Mount. I memorized the whole thing. Miss Melanie's like, I don't believe you. Okay, I'll show you. Here goes. I remember my little niece. She ran up to me and said, I heard about Jesus today, and I could tell without a doubt for it to be true because after all, Mommy said so. And that was the first time in my life that I looked into the eyes of a child and envied them because she never knew what it was like to live Beyond the shadow of a doubt, I've lived in this darkness for so long, yet it seems like I have all the right questions, but never enough answers, and my faith is small enough to fit between the cracks of my palms, God. Every night, I lay my head down to sleep. The city of my mind is ransacked by a legion of questions, threatening the living rooms of my sanity and holding them hostage. Can you help me? Last year, I sat in a hospital, my grandmother sat in a hospital bed waiting for God to come pick her up like a bus stop. But I had never seen so much pain, but so much confidence in God living in the same eyes when she told me, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know who I belong to. And something Inside of me wished that somehow, before she passed away, she could pass down her confidence in God to me like an old family picture. I remember sitting in the back of a cold sanctuary crying, crying. Because I so desperately wanted what the preacher was saying to be true, but my doubts were preaching a sermon of their own, and the streams of my tears turned into oceans of frustration. I remember sitting in a college classroom. The only thing being tested was my faith. The only thing passing was my hope. Me, in a backpack full of fear, nowhere to go, no one to help me unpack. I sleep. 
I sleep, but I never rest. These lines around my eyes are not wrinkles. They are maps that show you the road that leads to my pain. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I'm just waiting for the day that, that, that I can place my fingers in his nail-pierced hands because, honestly, I've considered quitting, but where would I go? Back? There's no... There's no home for the living in the land of the dead, so I keep pressing forward. Today, I have faith, but I can't make any promises about tomorrow. I'm surprised I've held on this long, God. Let me know that I'm not crazy, God. Let me know that I'm not just making friends with these walls, and I pray. I'm not questioning you. I just have questions. Don't leave me here. Don't, don't leave me. My child, when you have all the right questions but never enough answers and your faith is small enough to fit between the cracks of your palms, I told you, faith the size of mustard seeds can rearrange whole landscapes and turn mountains into open highways. Hearing comes from my word, so maybe you cuffed your ears, my child. Don't be childish, but consider the child whose definition of faith has not yet quite learned the word impossible. I'm not telling you to have a blind faith. I'm telling you to consider the blind man who had faith and believed my words before they were even able to see me. And consider the birds that eat from my hand and do not fall from the sky without my consent. So how much more will I love the ones that I died for? Before you doubt me, doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. And you will see that they are just as empty as the tomb that I walked from. See, the truth is... You know my truth, and you know my word, and you're scared. You're scared of what that costs you. You're scared of what that means. You're scared that one day they will laugh you, laugh you right out of their classrooms and scorn you out of their courtrooms. But when they cast stones, my love cast out fear. I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I have never started a work that I will not finish. I am the one. I am the one to give you the courage to stare death in the face and say, how dare you try to scare me I know who I belong to and when it feels like you are drowning in a sea of your questions just know that I'm here I'm here like when I drown in the Red Sea of my blood for you and these hands that took holes will hold you and when I told you that I would love you I meant it say don't you see these rings in my hands we are married for better or for worse, through sickness and in health, through death and through, uh, through sickness and in health, through faith and through questions, until death brings us closer. I am yours, and you are mine. I promise. I promise. I told you. But see, that's not me, right? That's somebody else that I really quoted word for word. And that's not me. And I lived my whole life, my whole life, Mr. John, trying to be like somebody else. Until one day, I remember I was sitting there, and I had to ask God the difficult question. God, who am I? God, who am I? 
Who am I? And you know what my answer was, Mr. Donnie? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know who I am. Because I spent my whole life trying to be someone else. Why? Because I wanted their blessing. I wanted to be good at golf. I wanted to be have a good crowd. I wanted for people to come up to me and say, good job on Sunday. I wanted for people to like me. I wanted their blessing. And I walked. Walked in my arms. When I when I had that conversation, I was outside my dorm room. I was just sitting on the concrete talking to myself and kind of thinking through some things. And I walked up to my dorm and uh, <coughs> walked in, took a layout. We had a suite mate. We all had our individual rooms, but my suite mate, I walked in there, and at the top stood this poster right here. It was one like it, one very similar, same, same poster. I said, man, where did you get that poster? And he said, I got it from Walmart. I said, okay. Went back out, walked downstairs, got my car cranked up, drove 17 miles to the nearest Walmart, walked in, looked through the posters, found this one, went, got it, picked it up with the self-checkout, scanned it, went back, got in my car, went to my room, walked back up the stairs into the suite, into my dorm, locked the door behind me, and I unfolded this, and I just began to read this. And what this is, is it is a poster that says, I am at the top. And underneath it are all these Bible verses from Scripture that start with, I am. And I just want to read those to you. I want to read those to you. This is what I read over my life that day. I am alive in Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am far from oppression, and fear does not come near me. I am born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. I am holy and without blame before him in love. I am God's child, for I am born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which leads to life and abides forever. I am God's workmanship. I am a new creation. I am a believer. I am a doer of the word. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am an overcomer. I am a partaker. I am an ambassador. I am a part of his chosen generation. I am the righteousness of God. I am the light of the world. The world. I am his elect. I am full of mercy. I am full of long-suffering. I am forgiven. And all my sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed. I am called. I am healed. I am raised up with Christ and seated in the heavenly places. I am strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. And this is what I was, and this is what you are also. We're doing this series right now. It's called His Story. We're just trying to dis discover who is Blackjack. That's all we're doing. That's all I wanted to do. But I want you to tell you something. Else. Who are you? Who are you? That's who you are. This is who you are. I knew we was going to be short on time today. I have so much for you. But I'm going to end with this. I did tell you how I would, 
I, I said I would tell you um, how I was going to, why I wore the shirt, why I wore the shirt, why I wore the shirt. I said I would I'd tell you this. Um, Jacob, in this story, he goes to sleep on a pillow. And he wakes up and says, I've heard from God. And he makes a, a pillar, devotes it to Jesus. He said, I've seen God today, this house of God. Well, yesterday, I get a call early in the morning. My grandfather had went up to an old Miss game, and he had gotten out of his car, and he went with his best friend in the whole world. They go everywhere together, go to all the old Miss games together. And so as they are moving towards the game, he takes about five steps out of his car, has a massive heart attack, and he's dead before he hits the ground. And the doctor who was by came running by, who, who had just um, happened to be walking by. He was a doctor and gave him everything he did. If somehow this gets out to the doctor, um, please email me. I want to send you something. I want to talk to you. I want to thank you for what you did for my grandfather. Um, just email me at epiphanymovement20 at gmail.com. So I guess see you. But My mom, somebody calls the best friend, calls my mom, and then my mom calls me, and she, I can't understand what she's saying. She's crying. I, I, mean, I could understand it. I just knew it was bad. And uh, so I said, well, I'm going to head up to Oxford, and so I do. I do that. And, um, we ease on up there. And as, he, as I get to the hospital, they called us when we were about 30 minutes out and said, hey, he didn't make it, which I kind of knew that from what they were describing anyways. And, and we just kind of walk in the hospital, and, and there he is, you know. There he is. My mom's not, wasn't doing too good. Uh, she was doing okay. She was doing okay, actually. But you know, it's weird because they're gone. And even when it's expected, like I knew it was, I, I, I kind of knew it was expected. I kind of knew the pain was coming, but knew the death was coming. But I tell you what was unexpected is the pain, you know. Sometimes that can be unexpected, even though the death not so much. But I got to looking last night on Facebook, and I was scrolling through my phone, and I got to August 30th. And August 30th, I looked at uh, different sermons, and I just had been looking, scrolling through all of our different sermons and reading the comments and um, seeing how many views and stuff like that. And I got to August 30th and in bold print, not one of the comments, the comment that was was Doyle Harrison watching. That was my grandfather. He watched every sermon. Matter of fact, Aunt Clancy, my aunt, she walked in Papa Doyle's house last not last night, the night before last. No, actually, it was Monday it was the mo it was the Monday after I preached, actually. It was the Monday after I preached. She walked in and the first words out of Papa Doyle's mouth was, did you see Sunday? And Clancy said, yeah, I saw it. He said, boy, that guy, that kid, I tell you. But I say all that to say this. I say all that to say this. And, you know, he was, a fa he was the second fastest person to read Midnight Worship, second fastest person. My dad, I gave it to him at 12, by 8.30 he had it read. I was like, you read that thing? 
awesome. Didn't even think you could do that. Like, me neither, but thank you. Gave one to him. 12 hours later, 24 hours, 12 hours later, I come back next day. He, had, he handed it to me. He just finished reading it. So that's awesome. How did you do that? I, I don't know. And you miss that when it's gone, right? You, you, don't, you don't even realize it, but you miss it when you're... Now, tell that story to say this. Is that every single person in here will come to that conclusion in their life. You will find a pillow. You will take a final resting place. Every single person in here. You all. And my conclusion was this. My conclusion was this. If we do not have a pillow planted with the pillar of Jesus Christ, then we will get nowhere. It will only be sad if our life is all about us, if it is all about the news collections that we have, and it's all about our accolades and what we can do. It, we, we will not get anywhere. But on the other hand, if we rip it all away, and at the end of the day, all there is left to say about our lives is this, if this is the pillar of our life, if it is the cross of Jesus that is over our life, then I can promise you this, that you are going to hear well done, good and faithful servant. But if that is not the case, then you will not hear those words. And so, and so, Jacob was 77 years old when he had this experience. And all the way up until then, not one time does it ever say that Jacob heard from God, saw God, spoke to God. Not one time it was until that we know he was 77 years old. And what that tells me, that sometimes we can be all around God but not have an experience until we are 77 years old or 7 years old. But when God starts to knock on our door, it is so important that we say, hey, let me put a pillar here. Let me put a pillar down here because I know that just like Dora Harrison, I will meet the end of my life too. And if I do not have a cross of Jesus Christ over my life, then that's going to be bad news. But the cross is available for everybody and my my pleading today is that you would come that you would experience it if you do not know what we are talking about my hope today is that you would come and that you would pray or if you know someone if you know a family member today that you would come and that you would pray for them and their soul and what they have to do and what they need to get right what we're going to do is we're going to lean into some music and we're going to have an inventory and what I ask you to do is not to stay there but to come and to pray and to ask God to move and to say, I want to make a pillar from the pillow. I want to make a pillar in my life, and I need that. Well, I know someone who needs a pillar. I'm going to pray for them today because prayer is important. Let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would move in this moment. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.